Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, a show where we discuss trends, marketing, pop culture, and the Women's World Cup. I'm Rebecca Stewart, Europe Brand Editor for Adweek, and as ever, I'm joined by the legend that is Luz Corona, Adweek's Community Editor. How are you today, Luz? I'm good, Bex. My God, what an intro. Thank you so much. Just just hyping me up over here. Oh, you deserve the hype, Luz. You're legendary. Thank you. Right back at (laughs) you. And we have another Adweek legend joining us to talk all things women's soccer, and that is senior TV reporter Molly K. Helene. Molly, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I don't know if I've ever been called a legend before, so thank you for that. We're You're all welcome. legends here. You know what? Let's just legends do it. only. Legends, <laughs> legends only. only. <laughs> it's only fitting that what today's topic is, right, Bex? One hundred percent. So two billion people expected to tune into the this women's soccer World Cup. I keep going to say women's football, but for the purposes of our US audience, I will say soccer. <laughs> um, So Molly, you're a sports fanatic. You've been staying up all hours to watch Team USA defend their title. How's that going? Uh, Well, Tuesday, I wasn't super functional. I'm very sorry to my boss for that one. Um, (laughs) But I mean, it's been great. I mean, the tournament has been incredible so far. Two billion people expected to tune in. Um, They expected 1.5 million people in attendance throughout the entire tournament. We haven't hit knockouts yet, and it's 1.2 million people already through it. It's been a really, I was going to say really cool tournament. It has been. It's been incredible. Um, You're seeing legends exit early. Uh, Germany is out. They've never Mm -hmm. left in the group stage. Um, Italy's out, Brazil is out, and then you've got Morocco going through, South Africa going through, Nigeria going through, and U.S. is playing Sweden in the the first round of the knockouts. They weren't supposed to play each other till the semis. It's... Sorry, sports fanatic is an accurate way to describe me. (laughs) 100%. I love it. I love your passion for it. And I wonder... 
like the Team USA won the kind of Women's World Cup for the second time in 1999, right? But since then, women's soccer around the world has exploded. Could you give us a brief like oral history of kind of how it's exploded in the US since 1999? I mean, I could, that could be this entire podcast, but I will do my very <laughs> best to keep it brief. I mean, the 99ers, if you're familiar with women's soccer, you are familiar with the 99 team, right? Um, incredible goal, incredible, like, incredible tournament, incredible photo of Brandy Chastain throwing that shirt off, winning on PKs. So that really kind of created the momentum drive, right? Because um, the World Cup launched in 91, U.S. wins 99. And then ever since then, um, there's been a kind of momentum growth in the, US, in the U.S., but only around the international team. It took, or the national team, rather. It took, we are currently in our third iteration of domestic professional soccer. It's the National Women's Soccer League. It's in its 11th year now. But it took two failed leagues before then because people weren't tuning in at home. They cared about the national team. But now we've seen that momentum shift, which has been really, really incredible. I think the second huge pivotal moment for women's soccer in recent history in the U.S. was the 2015 World Cup. USA versus Japan in the final takes place in, in Canada uh, in prime time. And that, to this day, is still the most watched soccer match in the U.S., men or women. And that has wow. not been beaten, probably won't be beaten this tournament because the championship is at 6 a.m., uh, because they're playing in Australia and New Zealand. But I think that really, really captured the momentum. And I think what shifted there is people started following it domestically. It was like, wait a minute, you can see these people at home. So you see the NWSL start to gain some traction. It's like, wait a minute, I can watch Megan Rapinoe play? What? Um, and then you have the 2019 World Cup, which I think is when the nation really came and rallied around it in a way I have not seen since 99. Um, I mean, the U.S. won again, right? Um, and that return home, I was at the ticker tape parade in New York City, and that was just... Me pro- too! Oh my God, we didn't even know yes. each other then! No, but look at us. See, soccer's such a beautiful sport. <laughs> it's such a unifier. Yes. yes, I went out during lunch break. I'm like, peace, guys, mm. I'm going. My, my <laughs> office at the time was in the financial district, and my boss was based in Maryland. And she, <laughs> she slacked me, and she goes, are you in the office? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm close. She goes, are you at the parade? maybe <laughs> uh duh they're right around yeah. the corner and then same she, i was yeah. working in five yeah and then she was like okay just go have fun i was like thank you yeah. um but so after the 2019 world cup right i think you saw massive momentum right um and then in the last couple of years it's just it's only kept growing so this world cup is expected to be one of the most attended most watched of all time and then I mean, like I said, this could be the this could be the entire podcast just explaining kind of how the trajectory of soccer's growth. But you're not just seeing it in the U.S. You're seeing it in the U.K. You're seeing it across the world, right? So like England, the Lionesses won the Euros. Like it came home, and now they're having a great World Cup. Um, but after that happened, after they won the Euros, the U.S. headed over for a friendly in October. Wembley, seventy-seven thousand people sold out in thirty minutes. Like you are uh-huh. seeing it across the world. And then I think for a long time it was internationally like it's team usa that's it like they're the best in the world they still are they're still ranked number one but i think you're seeing kind of this parody come across like the gap the gap isn't closing it's closed as i said earlier like germany was number two in the in the world they're out and then Mm -hmm. for the first time you have three african nations going through you have uh you have a caribbean country going through for the first time in jamaica and you've got powerhouses exiting. This is anybody's tournament. And even though the teams have been halved from the 32 that started, I think it's even more wide open who could possibly win. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what this tournament does for soccer domestically and around the world. Like, if you think about it, Jamaica is going through the knockouts, and they're only there because of a GoFundMe. Like, their federation wow. wouldn't wow. pay for them to go. 
I didn't wow. know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Wow. Soccer is so beautiful. And you know what, guys? I'm just going to state the obvious. Obviously, we knew this a long time ago, but finally the world is catching up um, how beautiful this sport is. Um, so, Molly, as you were giving that beautiful recap of with the <laughs> soccer and just the, the role of the women's team as well, um, well done. Um, I actually started thinking, you know, why, like personally, you know, why, why is it that since the 99 team, because that's, that's really when like, I started looking at these women as heroes and just like, you know, for what they were doing, and especially with the Dare to Dream documentary, you know, on the 99 team. Um, I'm just, I was just sitting here thinking, like, what could it have been that um, kind of led to the growth or just people discovering how amazing the sport is, right? And I started thinking, like, the individual players themselves have their own clout, have their own brand. Like before, you know, you used to hear the women, U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. But now Megan Rapino is a mainstream name, right? Ash, um, Alex Morgan. Um, you have Ashley Harris, right, who she's married to someone else on in the soccer league. Oh, my God, I'm forgetting. Allie Krieger. Allie Krieger, thank you. Um, so you have all these like iconic figures that are becoming mainstream because it's 2023 and everything is at an intersection right now, especially advertising and entertainment. Um, but, you know, would you say that it was like social media? Like, would you agree? I'm just so curious to hear your take that is it these individual players and kind of like there's followings on social media and so on that has contributed to this growth? Yeah, absolutely. And this is actually something that I've talked to some of the players about, um, like how they built their brand. I mean, I look at actually kind of look at what Nike's doing um, in their World Cup campaign. Um, they have their whole like two and a half minute spot, but then they've broken that out into in- individual players. You brought up Megan Rapino, right? So, right. I mean, Pino is a brand and a legend in herself. Like, I don't even want to call her a brand. Pino is like transcendent, but she's got right. a whole minute long spot where she's a 90s cartoon character, like with a whole anthem. It's fantastic. But you're right in the way that they, the players do use social media. They do have their endorsements and they do create brands. And this is actually something I was talking about with Fox Sports because um, they have the exclusive TV rights to the World Cup, both men's and women's. So their marketing campaigns have been very different for the men's World Cup. And they said this to me on the record, so I can repeat it. Um, their campaign, it did feature men's players, but the star of it was John Hamm, who played Santa Claus, angry that he had to share the spotlight with the World Cup. <laughs> um, it's, it's actually, it's a really great campaign, but their women's marketing has been so different because they're focusing on the players. They didn't need to bring in celebrity endorsements. You know, what's been going on around the country is a 20 foot statue of Alex Morgan dressed as the Statue of Liberty. It's currently in Times Square. Like you <laughs> wow. can, it's not Times Square. It's over by the Fox office. Um, but up in Midtown, you can go check it out. But it's been marketing the players as individuals because people do follow it, right? Like, as you said, Megan Rapino, Alex Morgan, household names. But it's not even just them. Like, you think of a player like Midge Purse, who plays for Gotham FC and has played on the national team, didn't make the roster. She's had a lot of injuries. But she's phenomenal, young, up-and-coming talent. She's creating a show right now, like, about – it's called The Off Season. Uh, and it's about a bunch of players that and who live together in a house and during the off season expected to go to a major service. So you've got people like that, like Christy Mewis blows up on TikTok. And I'm only talking about U.S. players, but like Christy Mewis is dating Sam Kerr. They've got a whole social media banter going. Um, I don't know. It's just uh, Sam Kerr's Australia. Um, she hasn't played a game yet this tournament. She got hurt, but I think she will be a breakout star. Uh, not a breakout. She is a star. But I think people outside of Australia and soccer fans are going to know her name. But that's nice. a very long-winded answer to your question. But yes, I think the visibility has been really helpful. Um, just the different brand partnerships players are signing. 
Um, and you're seeing that across all of women's sports, not just soccer. Love it. We love to see it. Yeah, and women athletes often have really amazing stories to tell because they so so often have to jump through hoops like to get where they are and to get sponsored in the first place. So yeah, I think brands spotlighting that and shining a light on it can only be a, a good thing. And kind of bringing the discussion back to brands a little bit, Molly, like, you know, you mentioned 2019 felt like a real turning point and I have to agree with that here in the UK. Like, lots of brands got behind the Lionesses and it felt like they, brands like Visa, big huge sponsors, were putting a lot of money into their kind of campaigns and sponsorship um, of the Women's World Cup. But how is how has the marketing mes- and messaging evolved? Like, how are brands talking about the Women's World Cup now? What are they doing differently since 2019, I guess? So I did not work for Adweek in 2019, so I can only speak kind of anecdotally because I wasn't tracking it as closely, but obviously I'm very closely tracking it now. But I think brands are really seeing the value in women's soccer and female athletes. This is something I talk about a lot. Um, Like Ally Financial is an example I use all the time. Um, Like they have really heavily invested in women's soccer domestically and internationally. Um, So they're a huge one. I mean, like Nike is not a Team USA I mean, they are a Team USA sponsor, but they're not like a FIFA sponsor. That's Adidas. Uh, Mm -hmm. But Nike is like going all out. Adidas, I live near the flagship store in Soho and I was walking by it the other day. They've got um, Emily Sonnet and Trinity Rodman on massive billboards and they've got live updates of their scores outside their store. So just even, I want to say like little things, but things like that are huge. And then just, I was talking about this with Jason Nottie, another ad weaker who is phenomenal and he and I do a lot of work together. But the way brands have showed up for this cup has been not like something I've seen before. And then even as a journalist, brands want to talk about it. They want their campaigns mm-hmm. out there. They want to talk about the importance of women's sports. And I think for brands, they've realized the importance of it because fans of women's sports, which are men and women, it is not just women, but they are passionate and they are brand loyal in a way that fans of men's sports are not. Like thinking domestically, the National Women's Soccer League, sponsors love getting on board there because they're brand loyal. You know who an NWSL sponsor is. Uh, you know who sponsors the national team. like, And you see that with the WNBA, the basketball league too. And that's something I've heard from them as well. But again, long-winded. I'm sorry, I can talk about this all day. But brands, <laughs> love it. But brands have recognized it. And it's also, I don't have the data for the, for the soccer, World Cup tournament in particular, but just from what I know, it is cheaper for a brand to invest in a women's sport um, like to buy an ad than it is mm-hmm. in a men's sport, but you're getting the same ROI essentially because the audiences are the same, if not bigger half the time. Like, like I said, the 2015 most watched soccer match of all time. And then just this tournament already, the group stage is, it's, it's the most watched group stage of all time. And these games, that's two 9 PM Eastern and one 3 AM game. Like the 3 AM game was the most watched telecast overnight on in Fox's history. Not women's soccer match, not a soccer match, not a sports wow. game. It's the most watched overnight ever. 1.354 million. Like the group stage, you're averaging over 6 million a game. So it's... I get really passionate about this. <laughs> oh my we God, love we love it. <laughs> we love it. Um, Molly, I was going to say, like, obviously we've seen a, a growth in brands participating. Like, even I was just like looking up before we started recording, like, who sponsored, who did sponsorships back when the 99 team was around? I just see like Nike and Adidas pop up, right? And now like, if you check out like even Adweek's coverage, you see all sorts of brands. Um, and I want to talk about our favorite spots in a minute. But um, um, 
you know, my question is what for the brands that haven't participated and they're looking to kind of dip their toe into this space, you know, because obviously there's so much promise here. These are younger, younger generations coming up. Everybody's trying to target these younger generations specifically for women's soccer viewers. And as you just pointed out, these are also people watching men's soccer. What do brands need to know about this audience? Like what what is it before they really start dipping their toe in? And especially when we live during a time where brands are getting called out for not being authentic or organic, like you as a soccer fan and just, you know, knowledge of marketing, what do you think brands need to know before they dip their toes into this space? Yeah, I think I kind of hit on this a little bit earlier, but fans of women's sports are brand loyal and they pay attention. They will call you on your BS if they think you're just walking the walk and not talking the talk. Um, So that's huge. Uh, Know that the audience is there and that women's sports are not like a value add. They're the value proposition. They're not an add on to men's sports. They are the audiences are huge. Like you're seeing absolute explosive growth, like record attendance right now. So yeah, I think that's what brands need to know is that this audience is largely untapped, huge growth potential um, and loyal. So yeah, I would I I would add on to that. I think um, like and I would love for you to build on your point, like when you say brand loyal and you know that the consumers will call out these brands for not like, does that mean these brands also need to be in line with what these female athletes are representing so that's like pay equity you know and just like equality in the space so if there's like a brand that's not even that is known for gender disparity you know pay gap and they're out here sponsoring a spot like are they going to be the ones called out and I think we all know the answer there I mean absolutely look I'm actually I have an example from this tournament right um so Saudi Arabia was going to come on board as a sponsor for the FIFA World Cup tournament uh and the USA players and the actually the international players and fans were like, what? And FIFA didn't expect that response. They were surprised by it. And guess who's not a sponsor? Wow. Um, because it, doesn't, it didn't represent the values that like Team USA and FIFA interna- and the like women internationally have. Right. Right. And that's nothing to say. Like, it's just it just is what it is. The audience is going to guide the direction of what is going to happen. So that's that's a great example. And I think something you see is the players are really vocal, too. Right. Like, you can think, obviously, Megan Rapinoe, Presidential Medal of Freedom for her advocacy around racial equality, gay rights, gender equality. And also just think about Team USA in general, the entire fight for uh, equal pay that they they won a World Cup in the middle of a lawsuit trying to get paid. So like, boss. So boss. And then you just you just saw this happen with Team Canada. They're arguing with their federation over equal pay, and they went out. The, Canada, the Olympic gold medal defending champion, went out in the group stages, and a, a lot of it was dispute with their federation. South Africa is in a huge dispute with their federation. It's this whole international issue of pay equity and gender equality, and people have ha- it's, people have had enough. And so I think. That, I mean, I'm talking about that on like a federation level, but also that happens with brands too, right? Like if, mm. if the brands aren't matching the values, the players are going to call you out on it and the players yeah. are not going to partner with you. Yeah. And I think for brands, you know, that are really leaning into purpose and like societal issues now, there's amazing role models in female athletes and women that they could lean into maybe instead of celebrity partnerships. I think there's a huge opportunity there. Um, Yeah, I want to pick back up on our favourite campaigns so far, but let's quickly stop for a word from our sponsors. 
Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Okay, guys, so we've spoken a little bit about how brands can attach themselves to the World Cup and the kind of work that they need to do first, but I want to talk about some of the creative that's come out around this. Um, Molly, let's start with you. What's your favourite creative campaign that you've seen? Uh, Almost all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, we're done here. Okay. Well, no, I've mentioned a couple. Um, Nike has really been killing it. Uh, I mentioned the Megan Rapinoe spot, but the Sophia Smith one, striking fear into your hearts one is phenomenal. The Dabinia one from Brazil, fantastic. Sam Kerr in the backflip, incredible. So Nike's been a really good one. Um, the NWSL has a really great campaign too, um, the National Domestic Soccer League here. Uh, they just hired a CMO about a year ago. So this is one of their first major marketing pushes. They've done a couple before, but they want to remind everyone that we play here. The best players in the world that you're watching internationally play here. That one's yeah. really good. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I like allies a lot. Um, and obviously... Orange from France, that one. We can talk about yes. that one all day. But I've probably taken like half of the good ones right now, so I'll stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that was perfect segue because I was going to say that's my favorite ad out of this um, that we also covered. Uh, but it was the, yeah, it's by our reporter Stephen Lepetak. Um, But it was Orange Draws Praise for Ad Challenging Prejudice Towards Women's Soccer. And they use VFX to highlight unconscious biases about the women's game based and you guys know the spot I'm talking about, but of the French soccer players, like they kind of, it was like the women's soccer team, right? The French women's soccer team, and they use VFX to masquerade them as men's soccer, and then they quickly uncovered that the kick-ass athletes you just watched were actually women and to remove that unconscious bias so i i personally love that i think it was a nice mix of technology um special effects and just kind of obviously eye-catching details and just kind of obviously challenging what the unconscious bias is today so i thought it was a lovely mix um yeah. bex what about you 
I have to go with Molly and say I love the Nike ad to What the Football and I just love that it was soundtracked to Who's That Girl by Eve but I yeah. mostly love that it felt like a Nike ad like it was crazy it was kind of um, like stopped you in your tracks but it felt like a Nike ad and it felt like they hadn't spared any expense on it which I think they're not a sponsor um, and yeah it just goes to show that they're actually investing in the game and that they, they want to engage with fans. Wow, Nike, like you just think they're already so established. Brand awareness is there. Everything is there. And they just keep killing it. Like, I, you know, I just love it. it. Obviously, we nerd out over this stuff. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing my Team USA Kelly O'Hara jersey and you can you guys can't see it. Uh, audience can't see it. But you guys can see it. I got the Nike swoosh right here. There it is. Yeah. No, they just kill it. I think I, they're a brand that definitely talks the talk and walks the walk for sure. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, they are a Team US sponsor, right? But they're not a FIFA sponsor, they're not a FIFA you said. Sponsor, yeah. So to kind of come in against Adidas with an amazing bit of creative, I just love it. Very Nike. Got yeah. a lot of swag. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Molly, I have one more question for you um, before we kind of start wrapping up. But, you know, we talked about what brands need to know and just kind of, I hope, prepped our listeners for how this is really going to explode and you know but in looking at this year's like world cup is there any brand that has um surprised you about their entrance in this space Ooh, that's a really good question um i wouldn't necessarily say any brand has surprised me because brands should know that this is the right space to be in um but a brand that i've been particularly impressed by that i haven't necessarily seen as active before is free to lay um, they've got a really cool campaign running where they've basically, um, cre- it's the taste of greatness. Um, so there are an official tournament supporter, but I just haven't seen them as present as they are this year. So they bring together like current stars and then past stars. So think a lot of your favorite 99ers. Um, <laughs> like Mia Hamm, probably in there. Mia Hamm, Abby Wambach, Brandy Chastain. Uh, my girl, Christine Lilly, is not in it. I actually played in her soccer camp as a kid in Connecticut. So cool. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so they bring the past stars and the current stars together. So I've, I've actually really been enjoying Frida Lay's presence. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I mean, that makes so much sense, right? Like Frito-Lay is like that game snack. So of course, they should be present in this space. Yeah, I love it. I can't wait to see I can't wait to talk to you after this tournament is over, Molly, and just hear your <laughs> thoughts on how everything has played out. Okay, I know this comes out on Monday, but are you getting up at 5am on Sunday to watch the Sweden game? If my baby wakes up, then yes, I probably will <laughs> okay. stay up. But yep. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a big yes. one. It'll be a big one. 5 a.m.? I could do 5 a.m. Yeah, 3 a.m.? You're loyal. You're loyal. I, yeah, I, had a, it. I had a rough time, but thankfully the 2021 Olympics prepped me for it. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm trained training. Exactly. Yeah. I'm trained now. Yeah. yeah. Here in the UK, the times are even crazier because we're, yeah, so far behind or ahead of Australia. But... Yeah. yeah, Bex, what time are the games playing over there? Sorry, I'm just so curious. Yeah, do you know, I don't know if they're 5 a.m. for you. Actually, you know, it, can't, it won't be that bad. It'll be 10 a.m. for us. The so last, actually. Yeah, the last England game was, I think it was, I can't remember who it was against. The score was 7-1, but yes. it, it was at 7 a.m. Uh, England time. So okay. that's not too bad, yeah. Oh, kegs and eggs, a little kegs and eggs there <laughs> action. That's great. 100%. <laughs> and a toddler, yeah. toddler alarm clock will definitely be up by 7 a.m. Oh, perfect. <laughs> All right, so I'll talk to you guys Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, <laughs> 
Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no, I was just going to say it's hard for me in the, the kind of World Cup because Scotland never get a look in the women's team or the men's team. So I support the Lionesses, but then I will support Team USA if the Lionesses get kicked out. So, uh, Well, the Lionesses are now the favourite to win, actually. After the group stage, the Lionesses the took over. No, yeah. not after the Euros. Going into this tournament, the US was the favourite to win. After the group stage, the Lionesses are now the favourite based mm. on play. Okay. Wow, exciting! Yeah. <laughs> but I, I hear you about Scotland, Rebecca. I'm half Irish, um, and Ireland made it to the World Cup for the first time ever. Um, and That's they, huge. No, it was really exciting, and yeah. I mean, I'm so, I'm just so proud of them. They're not yeah, still in it, but I'm very, very <laughs> proud of them. Well, especially soccer, so prominent in Irish culture, right? Like, that's oh, yeah. why I'm just surprised. Um, yeah. The, yeah. Their first World Cup goal ever was an Olympico, which means Katie McCabe, love her, kicked it from a corner kick into the goal. What a yes. first World Cup. Like, it, oh, my God. I Go Ireland. That. Yes. <laughs> love Go to see it. kick-ass female athletes. Like, they're just killing it. Um I think this is a good way to end this episode. You know, I feel like we could all just keep nerding out. And we'll probably keep talking in our Slack channel after this. But Molly, you were the perfect person for this episode. And we thank you yes. so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Molly. Thanks, Liz. Thanks. And thank you, listeners. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.